This is literally everything, 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 everything. It's time to cut off all communication with the outside world. Dust off your old VCR and gather your collection of mixtapes. Then tease those bangs, put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten and we're here to scratch the itch. I'm Erin. I'm Odell. It's time to go back where we belong. Well, excuse me, are those Bugle Boy jeans you're wearing? Oh. <laughs> do you remember that commercial? I do remember that commercial. <laughs> I had forgotten all about it, but then I follow a few 80s retro 80s 90s accounts on instagram where they replay like commercials and show toys and clips from tv shows or whatever yeah and they had the bugle boy commercial i'd completely forgot about the commercial and that bugle boys even existed i totally forgot about that and what a name like if you were approached today with some, by someone saying, or one of your kids, Mom, will you buy me some Bugle Boy pants? Would you take them seriously? I mean, that's a name of something? Right. That's like, if how I'd I never would heard respond. of it before, but back then it was like, oh, yeah, Bugle Boy was. Oh, like, everyone. What were those? Uh, oh, Z Cavarici. You remember those jeans? <laughs> yeah, the Z Cavs. <laughs> the Z Cavs. Oh, girl. I wore a pair when it was way out of style, like it was years out of style, if not a decade. And someone mentioned it to me. They're like, oh, my God. You've got Z-Cavs. They still exist. Like, oh. Were you wearing Keds, too? I was not wearing Keds. <laughs> although I did wear Keds a lot when I was younger. Thank you, Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> right. That's all her, all her influence. So uh, what's going on? We're here. What year? We're in 1992. We're in 1992, the beginning of 1992. Yeah. So we just jumped out of the 80s because our last three yep. have been in the 80s. So yes, you're going to take us back to 92. What were you doing in 1992? I can tell you exactly what I was doing on the day this movie was released. I do not doubt that. Okay. At all. This movie today was released January 10th, 1992. That week, I had rehearsal that night. I know, because that week, on that um, Monday, we started rehearsals for Oliver. Okay. And I played the Artful Dodger. Okay. And we had rehearsals Monday through Friday night until 9 p.m., Saturday morning, 9 to noon. Okay. So I know I was there, because one of the first (laughs) songs we learned was Consider Yourself, and that was the one I sang. So that is exactly what I was doing. And wasn't that January when the 10th, girl fell off the mattress while you were practicing? Consider yourself, because I still remember. <laughs> that, no. <laughs> oh, consider yourself. Boom. <laughs> yeah. No, that was because uh, my friend was auditioning for Oliver. That was a few years later. Okay. My friend was auditioning for Oliver. She was going through, consider yourself. And in the background, this girl is like on top of the giant mattresses for once upon a mattress and fell off like exactly in time to the music. It was all captured on recording. It was amazing. But no, that is exactly what I was doing. I was in seventh grade and the show doing Oliver, the director, it was the same person I did Annie for. And she loved me then. 
And then all of a sudden I do Oliver and she hated me so much. (laughs) I still don't understand why, but I do remember that two nights before opening night, she, and it was the day before the uh, toss test, which is like the statewide assessment, big Mm -hmm. deal. You know, Mm -hmm. now it's all about the star testing and stuff down here, but this was the day before my big test and I failed it horribly because that night she told me that I was quote living wallpaper <laughs> and that I needed to go home and get a character <laughs> and like come back with it the next night. Okay. I'm 13 years old. Sure. Let me run out and do that. I'll buy one at Walmart. What were you doing? I was, I was 19 going on 20. I was a month away from being 20. I was not yet in college because I had taken two years off. So I would I didn't start college until the following September. So nine months away from starting college. I was mm-hmm. back in Idaho because I'd spent some time in Oregon, but I couldn't start college there because I was considered out of state. So oh, okay. I had moved there temporarily, then I went back to Idaho for a few months. And my address was at my aunt and uncle's house so I could get residency. Right. So I lived there, moved back to Idaho for a few months, and then went back to Oregon and then started started college. So I don't know what exactly I was doing. I'm sure it wasn't much. Right. January in Idaho, midwinter, it was probably snowing and I was cold or playing in snow, something. I don't know. Yeah. So what was going on at this time? We are, we... Talked about what we were doing or not doing as a B in my case. Yes. What was going on in the world? So as you know, this is this movie was released. The movie is The Hand That Rocks the Cradle mm-hmm. was released on January 10th, 1992. I looked up that date specifically and there wasn't anything that was like huge on that day. So I mm-hmm. looked at just January 92. Oh, Odell, one of the... <laughs> One of the most embarrassing moments. This was like before Trump and all of that, before we really knew what embarrassing moments were on an international scale. Uh This was the year that George H.W. Bush vomited all over the Japanese (laughs) prime minister. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And it was like such the scandal. Yes, it was. That he did that. And it, I mean, I... I swear it's like what cost him the election (laughs) because people were so mortified by this situation. He got sick. Let's all calm down. He got sick. Yeah. Poor thing. But yeah, vomited all over the prime minister's lap. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer pled guilty in the month of January Mm. 92, but guilty, but insane. Got it. And then do you remember Fergie, the Duchess of York, our Mm. original Fergie? This was when, do you remember when she went on the airplane with a paper bag over her head? (laughs) You don't remember that? It was such bizarre behavior. And I think this was after she and Andrew, I'm almost positive this is when she like was ousted by the royal family around Mm -hmm. that time. And she didn't want people to take pictures, I guess. She went on an airplane and wearing a paper bag. (laughs) <laughs> over her head. So I remember that scandal happened. I mean, God. I so obviously these. she wasn't allowed to ride on any private She jets. was not on. So I don't think her, so. Her commercial, I think, obviously. I think this was like a commercial flight that she went on, which tells me that this was after she was ousted by the royal family. Yeah. 
and I guess didn't want any pictures. I'm going to do that from now. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe she was able to do that. Like if I went into an airport right now, the paper bag over my head. Yeah, I would be tackled immediately. Exactly. Yeah, this was definitely pre 9-11. Yeah. So, yeah, those were the big I mean, in the month of January, those were the <laughs> that was the big news. <laughs> it's kind of like I remember when I first lived in New Mexico, the news made me laugh so hard because it would be like there was a hot air balloon in the sky. Mm-hmm. Like there would be no- in Houston. It's like there were only 19 murders today. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how anyway. I, that's what I noticed when I first moved to Houston was the number of crazy murders that happened on a daily basis because I'd moved from up here. But now it's yes. uh, in Portland it, pretty much every day. It's like, okay, how many people got shot today? Because yes. it's so out of control now. Yeah. See, I was, I mean, growing up in Houston, I was used to like the news. So then when I lived in New Mexico, I was shocked. When I lived in New York, I was surprised. I thought it would be so, I thought I would be in an SVU episode every single day. (laughs) And you're not. Yeah. You're not at all. (laughs) That was disappointing. So let's take a look at this week. I'm going to look at the songs ending or the top 10 for the week ending January 18th. Okay. okay, so number 10, Little Wild Side by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yes. We've got Finally by C.C. Penniston. C.C. Penniston. Mm-hmm. Finally, it happened to Love me. Love that song. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me Don't by George it. Michael and Elton John, but mm-hmm. you can. <laughs> Adam's Groove by Hammer. Don't know oh, it. And it it's from- two D's. Yeah, it was MC Hammer when he changed his name from MC. He dropped the MC. Right. And it was the theme song to the Adams Family, the second Adams Family movie, or maybe the first Adams Family movie. It was the first Adams Family movie, but I did not. Yeah. Interesting. I do remember the song. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, number six was Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Yeah, I do. Number five, we got Hammer again. Because you know why? Too legit. This time, too legit to quit, Odell. <laughs> he was not going to quit the Billboard Hot 100. Do you remember that? The, the oh, yeah. Too, too legit, legit to too what legit was it? Too to legit quit. to quit. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even. Um, It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday by Boys to Men. I remember I that one. I was never a Boys to Men fan. Really? They, were, they had baby making music. I mean, I remember I'll Make, I'll make love, love to, to you. you. Yeah. And I remember thinking... Okay, <laughs> you may, <laughs> but I was never a boys. I was never a boys to men fan. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Can't let go was number three by Mariah Carey. I uh, do you remember that one. Number two, All for Love by Color Me Bad. I do remember Color Me Bad. <laughs> and then Black or White by Michael Jackson. Okay, yep, that was no number matter one. Matter if it's black or white. All right, so. I, if I remember correctly, I get to pick two songs mm-hmm. from the top 40, and I yep. have picked my two songs. And those would be? I have uh, one of my favorite, and I didn't write down what spot they had, Okay, but they are on the top 40. I did verify that. First one is Cream by Prince. All right. Cream. 
I put that as one of my possibilities, but I figured you probably would. So, and I had, it was number 30. Okay. Okay. The other one is one that I used to do all the time when I would send you my, what's it? The OGG. You know, when I would send my file to you for our Mm. previous podcast, Mm -hmm. I would always do the OGG, but really it's OPP. Yeah. You know me. Right. Well, naughty by nature. Those are my two cream and OPP. All right. Um, Mine is, I had a few on here, but I think I'm going to go with Set Adrift on Memory Bliss by PM Don. It was number 11. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. There were a lot I did not recognize. You want to know what I was listening to in 1992? Love to. Little shows called Les Mis and Miss Saigon and various things like that. (laughs) That's what I was listening to. So looking at this top 40, I was like, oh no, I knew like three songs. Yeah, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss was like this huge thing. It was like a big black guy and this beautiful, like buttery voice. You'll you'll probably remember it when you hear it when you listen okay. to the playlist. Yeah, so okay. go check out our playlist. They're on you can access them through the website. You can get links either to um, Apple Music or Spotify from there. And you can listen to them or not. <laughs> well, so one thing I decided to chat about today. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our family, we are big fans of SNL, like almost every cast, right? Mm-hmm. 90s was kind of a prime SNL time. There were some pretty amazing players. There, in the let 90s. me tell you who was there. So I looked at January 11th, that Saturday night, okay. the day before Hand That Rocks the Cradle drops, right? The next night, our guest or our host, was Rob Morrow from Northern Exposure. Did you ever watch that show? Oh, yeah. Super cute. Wasn't he, he was a doctor, right? I think so. I never watched the show. Doctor in Alaska. Yes, I knew that much about it. And it had Dana. She's gorgeous. uh, Dana Dana. begins with a C. Something. I just remember she had that little pixie, the black hair, the pixie cut, and she flew the the airplane to get them because they couldn't get there by road. Yes. Because it was always snowy. It was Dana. No. I thought it was Dana something. Maybe it didn't make that up. Rob Morrow, Janine Turner. Oh, John Corbett was in it. Remember? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? We're both thinking of something else. She was so stinking cute. What am I thinking of? Dana. Dana Delaney. Yes. Is that who we're thinking of? I think so. Yes, that is exactly who. Oh, yes, absolutely. That is who we're thinking of. And she was China Beach. Barely oh. remember that. And she was uh, Desperate Housewives for a little bit. Oh. Yeah, this is Janine Turner. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I know. So anyway, Rob Morrow was the host and the band was Nirvana. Okay. So at the time of this, here was, well, Nirvana saying they uh, smells like teen spirit. And they sang Territorial Pissings. I don't remember that song. <laughs> I don't either. Okay. Like as in a okay. dog? I mean, that's what pissings? it sounds like, right? Okay. Or as, you know, anyone with the ability to pee, <laughs> I guess we can do that on any territory. But the cast that year, holy hell. We have Dana Carvey, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman, who was my mm-hmm. favorite. Victoria Jackson, who was awesome and has now gone crazy. Mike Myers, K. 
Kevin Nealon did Weekend Update. He was one of my favorites mm-hmm. ever. Chris Rock, Julia Sweeney, Adam Sandler, Tim Meadows, Rob Schneider, David Spade, and Al Franken was a featured player. I remember all of that. Yeah. That's when, right about the time Wayne's World started taking off, right? Yes. Or was it? Yes. I think that was like 91. Yeah. I mean, it was right in that early 90s time. Mm -hmm. Now, they did not do a Wayne's World sketch on this episode. Okay. But one of the best. Or sketches that they did. I don't know if you remember this. I do remember this. David Spade did a commercial about how to say the word salon, (laughs) that the emphasis should be on the first syllable, salon. (laughs) And how then they did like these charts of how it affects the growth of your hair, depending (laughs) on how you say the word. It is hysterical. (laughs) That and then um, it was the one where you remember it's Pat. I do remember it's Pat. Which they could never get away with doing now. Mm-hmm. But it was where her office mates all decided to play strip poker to hopefully reveal <laughs> oh, her I gender. Remember. I remember but that Pat one. Pat was like so good at it that she's fully clothed <laughs> and everyone else is naked. I did love that sketch because Pat was so oblivious to like what anyone was trying to do. It was, oh my God. And who played Julius Julia Sweeney? Sweeney yeah. Yeah. So freaking funny. Um, and then another one was, and I totally remember this, Chris Rock teaching white people how to survive the Apollo. <laughs> do you remember that? And like they do all of these like asides to people trying to do like the suggestions that Chris Rock makes. <laughs> it was a really good one. So that was actually a pretty good episode and it got pretty good reviews. Mm-hmm. Now, here is what's funny though, is on the reruns. They use the goodbyes from the rehearsal instead of the actual live show because the actual live show is very controversial because Nirvana, the band, they all started making out with each other. Jeez. On live TV. On live TV. (laughs) So now on the reruns, if you try to find it, it's actually the goodbyes from the rehearsal. That's surprising because I feel like today... Especially with NBC, it's a little, we're a little more progressive, and they would sh- wouldn't have a problem with that. I wonder if they just got rid of the footage completely. Can you not? No, they didn't get rid of the footage completely because, and or at least, I saw still shots of it. Mm-hmm. When you uh, look up the live show that aired, mm-hmm. it has the the goodbye. I'm sure you can find yeah, like the live episode. Um, with the actual goodbye, but all the reruns, I think on the streaming, all of that, they throw in the rehearsal. Yeah, the, the rehearsal goodbyes. <laughs> I just love that they all started making out with each other. Right? Like, what? And they definitely <laughs> left their mark. I, I don't even remember that at all. Of course, I remember watching Saturday Night Live back then, and usually after the first 45 minutes, I was bored with it. Because they had all the good yeah. stuff. You know, it's usually after, before yeah. the second musical number. Yes. It's usually when it starts petering out. Yes. Yeah. 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 I normally, I, I rarely enjoy the back half. Mm-hmm. I love through, um, yeah, up until the second musical number. And then I'm usually, I, I don't think there's ever been like a last sketch that I've really loved. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And really, every once in a while, they're better about that now, I feel like. Yeah. Because I know, well, ever since Kate McKinnon was on there, she's gone now. But she, I mean, she's just one of those people, every single sketch she did, it didn't matter. Yeah. I felt the same exact way about um, Phil Hartman, mm-hmm. exactly the same way. It did not matter what the sketch was. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. And Kristen Wiig, too, when she was on there, Ugh. she always. And Bill Hader. That mm-hmm. was one of the greatest casts mm-hmm. ever. Do you remember the one where <laughs> Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph and Bill Hader? I think Kristen Wiig may have been the host or it was Maya Rudolph. One of them was. Mm-hmm. And they were doing the showcase. It was like Price is Right. And they were showcasing the items and they had a golf cart and like Maya Rudolph kept driving around in circles. And I love when they all lose it. It just, oh my yeah. God. So I think good. one of my favorites with Kristen Wiig and um, what's his name? Shit from Portlandia. Oh, Fred Armisen. Yeah. Where they were always on the news and they were trying to sing. The singers? And he would yeah. sing and she was trying to say the words that he was saying. <laughs> Those were so funny oh my god i love like when snl is good it is so good yeah and this was certainly like they were back very quickly to have a january 11th episode that never happens Mm -hmm. but this was certainly i mean one of the best casts Mm -hmm. like this was considered the big resurgence yeah because and then they had a little bit of a down and then we got molly shannon sherry o'terry will uh, Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan, mm-hmm. and it started picking oh, back up again. Yeah, so so good. And then in this last round where we had like Cecily Strong and Kate McKinnon and Aidy Bryant, and mm-hmm. you know Keenan Thompson has been on there forever. Right. I haven't watched it in a while. We still watch it. I mean, we call it Saturday morning rerun. Wasn't uh, Molly Shannon or just Sunday on morning it? rerun? She was. She did just host, and she did not do. What's her face? Superstar. Okay. Yeah. Mary Catherine. Um, And I was glad. I mean, because she's older now. Mm -hmm. Like, remember with Sherry, with Mary Catherine Gallagher, she threw herself around that stage. But she did do Sally O'Malley, which was With the Jonas Brothers, right? I did see that. She posted that to her Instagram or something. She was the new choreographer. (laughs) The Jonas Brothers. (laughs) It is really good. It was, it was great. I wish there would there would have been more throwbacks to her like original characters, but, yeah. but it was still really good. Awesome. Okay. So I feel like we should take a break now because there's a lot to talk about with this movie. All right. When she was assaulted by her doctor, Claire Bartell reported him to the police And rather than go to prison for his crime, he killed himself. The shock of the accusations and suicide caused the doctor's pregnant wife, Peyton, to have a miscarriage. Driven mad with rage, Peyton poses as a nanny for the Bartell family. Her plan? To tear Claire's life apart, seduce her husband, and eventually murder the woman she blames for ruining her life. Yeah, she did. I mean, this is straight out of a soap opera. This, uh, when I was watching it, I'm like, we haven't had one of these movies for a while. And then I remembered, oh, but we get them all the time on Lifetime. <laughs> I, they, I feel like the early 90s and even some of the <laughs> late 80s, we had those crazy psycho, either a lover 
or something like oh yeah this. like single white female mm-hmm. um, um, even, it started kind of like with fatal attraction yes they had single white female the, you had body of evidence with madonna fatal attraction right. or not fatal attraction the um the light crosser one basic instinct Ooh, basic instinct yeah. sliver mm-hmm. we'll even throw that in there yeah. And yeah. Then this one kind of took it in a new direction, which is why I think everyone was like, ooh, because this was a big, a pretty big deal. It, it was a huge movie. Yeah. This one, I mean, they it was made for a budget of eleven million, mm-hmm. basically. And I mean, worldwide it's gained over eighty-eight million. Mm-hmm. But this was number one when it came out, this shot to number one. Yeah. And I remember going to see this after a rehearsal. <laughs> With a bunch of friends that I was in the show with. Mm -hmm. Because why wouldn't you see The Hand That Rocks the Cradle when you're, you know, newly 13? Of course, (laughs) you're going to go see that movie. Um, I remember all the the guys having crushes on Rebecca De Mornay, which I'm looking at now. I'm like, y'all were crazy. (laughs) Right. Um, She would have murdered you. But I remember, you know, what's funny about this. Is the little girl in it is named Emma. I know. I noticed and that. And the nanny's was, name is Peyton. I was I noticed that when I was watching. I was like, oh well, how perfect is that? She's like Aaron's kids' names are both in this. Weird is that. Now I do remember seeing it and loving the name Peyton. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard it on a girl before because my great grandfather was Peyton. So I knew I wanted to name my child that years, I mean decades ago, mm-hmm. probably around this movie. I think it was this movie that I was like, oh, it can be a girl. Right. And wanting to name, you know, if I had a future daughter, that was what she was going to be named. Mm-hmm. I did not uh, realize when we named the other one Emma, <laughs> I would just be recasting Hand That Rocks Cradle. <laughs> right. But yeah, here's, um, so going into this week, mm-hmm. here were the top 10 movies and you'll hear the number one that Hand That Rocks Cradle replaced. Okay. So number 10, My Girl. Okay. Hello, one of the greatest movies. And I did Annie with Anna Klumski up in Chicago. I was with her the second she found out she was cast. Do you do do you think she remembers you? She would probably remember me. I would have you ever written to her? We kept up a little bit on Facebook before she got back into like Veep and whatever. The scene. It was when she went to college at University of Chicago where one of my um good friends was going. Mm -hmm. So he had some classes with her and I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we got Back briefly, back then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know what? I'm going to reach out to her agent and be like, hey, who actually is her mother who babysat me many times. So I feel like I could actually right? reach out to her. <laughs> hey, uh, The Adams Family was number nine. Okay. Featuring Adams Groove, apparently, by Hammer. Mm-hmm. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Never saw it. Was number eight. Bugsy, number seven. Never saw it. JFK. Number six, back and to the left, back and to the left. Do you remember all mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. You saw that, right? I did a long time ago. Please I haven't seen the, it since, yeah. It was one of those movies I was obsessed with. Really? That and Schindler's List <laughs> and The Miracle Worker. I watched so many times. I don't know. And then so I named random. my children after Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I am actually Something starting to get worried about myself. <laughs> Uh, number five was The Last Boy Scout. Was that the Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis one? Yeah. And okay. was that one of the Wayans brothers? Oh, was it? I think so. Oh, wow. Uh, number four was The Prince of Tides. Never saw it. N- I didn't either. Number three was Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Okay. Amazing. 
Number two, Father of the Bride. Oh, I like that one. So good. <laughs> the and cock. number, oh my God, <laughs> so good. And then number one was Hook. Oh, I remember that one. You know what? I Every time I hear the about the movie Hook, I immediately mm-hmm. think of how weird Julia Roberts looked as Tinkerbell. <laughs> so weird. Well, and it actually has a tie-in with yeah, this movie. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So Rebecca de Mornay really wanted the part of Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. didn't get it, and was like, that's it. I'm going dark. <laughs> so she went <laughs> to be Peyton, what was her name? Flanders? Something like that. Yeah. Something. Peyton over in, well, Peyton Mott, actually, yeah. is what her name was, over in Hand the Rock's Cradle. So yeah. And apparently, like, did you hear that? Uh, Julia Roberts was nicknamed Tinker Hell. Yeah, because she was horrible to everyone on set. She was awful to work with, apparently. I think a lot of her stuff, she wasn't acting with anyone but a green screen. That would be really difficult. Now I feel like they're all so used to it. Mm -hmm. But back then, for sure, that would have been really hard. Yeah. So it made $7.6 million its opening weekend. Okay. So made almost all of its money back just on the opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And then it went on to have like great success on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a score of 65%, which I feel for these types of movies is really mm-hmm. great. That's critics. That was critics. Mm-hmm. The audience score was 61%. So I looked to see what some of the reviews were. So I picked a good one and, well, really, I just picked a good one, but then I'll tell you about some of the others, okay? okay? And I only ever look at top critics. I don't care about, like... Yeah, like you're Joe Schmo sitting at home. No, I don't. On our other podcast, Here's Drinking With You, Kid, there was a critic who was with, uh, like, some sort of... I don't think it was a paper. I'm assuming it was, like, an online blog, but it was called Low IQ Canadian. So I was like, okay, that, we're not looking. Right. <laughs> He's like randos sitting behind right. some screen. So this was a uh, review from Michael Upchurch of the Seattle Times. Okay. Big one. He says, this is De Mornay's film, and she's a wicked treat, looking daggers at her enemy one moment and then glazing over with sweetness the next. That's one thing I picked out a lot. Yes. I even made a note. I said, she's really good at flipping between crazy beige and innocent. She is so good. And you know, there was that scene where she is like in that greenhouse with Claire Mm -hmm. and they're talking about how she's telling Claire about how her husband was murdered and they've never caught family and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And talking to Claire. And then she gets up and has to go to the bathroom and starts like beating the shit with a plunger with a plunger. (laughs) She just starts beating the shit out of everything. And then she just like takes deep breaths. And com- it reminded me of Annette Benning in American Beauty. Yep. It also reminded me of we at a show that I directed you and some other folks in. I'm not going to say the cast person's name, but I was out front of the theater smoking a cigarette and she got out of her car and she parked a ways away from the theater, got out of her car and just screamed bloody murder and threw something across the parking lot. That I think she saw me outside and she got back in her car and drove around the block and then come back and walked in and was like, hey, how's it going? What the hell? Did you say anything like? Nope. I was okay, like, now? okay, she's something. <laughs> um, now, of course, there were some bad reviews, but mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, the bad reviews are mostly talking about an amateur directing style or um, cheap 
you know, tricks that were being used to like set up the, the not the scares, but like the thrill or suspense mm-hmm. or whatever. I completely disagreed with all of it. So right. I didn't even bother quoting any of them on it because I thought that was those were weird things to pick apart for me. Right, right. Yeah, they might be weird, but sometimes those weird things are what pushes the plot forward. Right. I don't feel like there was anything that I couldn't suspend disbelief for in this movie. Yeah, honestly, the only thing, and Gene Siskel in his review of it actually hit on it. He said, basically, and I'm only like quoting a bit of this, that, quote, the casual way in which the nanny is hired in an early scene by the mother, end quote, was unrealistic. Yeah. Which, yes, of course it was. Like, Especially after she had just talked about how she was having such a hard time finding anyone. Yes. I felt like she kind of set up that she's super picky. And then all of a sudden she was just so, oh, yeah, you're perfect. Why don't you start tomorrow? You're perfect. That bugged me. And having someone unvetted stay in my house with my children. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, even back then, it would be like, wait, I'm going to need some recommendation. Because you know she didn't leave. She said she would leave the recommendation letter. You know she didn't. She had already won her over. Right, right. Yeah, my other thing was like. Would Julianne Moore really have died in the greenhouse? With the glass dropping. I yeah. know she wouldn't. Unless there was like one piece that perfectly severed her, one of her arteries or hit her heart or something. But yeah. when they saw her, she was just laying there. She just had glass shards around her. Yeah. Girl, you would have been fine. Right. You would have gotten some cuts. You would not have yeah. been like, no, that was, that was a little far-fetched, of course. He found some of the, Gene Siskel found some of the thrills fun. But he also said that it was a bit distasteful, Ooh. which I was like, I wonder what he's talking about. I honestly could not. I don't I don't know. I couldn't I think, think of what I he wonder, was talking about. One thing that really disturbed me was when she was nursing the baby. Oh, my God. And I realized she had just like miscarried. So right. she still had breast milk. She had been pumping. Yeah. We find out later on. But yes. when she's breastfeeding someone else's baby, that was just like, Ugh. that's so gross. Yeah, She had, she planned this, I mean, and played it so well. Mm-hmm. Like, Damn, she thought of everything. And I love that what the audience was let in on, like we could see it coming up right before it would happen. We'd be like, oh no, the proposal, you yeah, know, like yeah. that she shredded and threw away mm-hmm. and, and the whole, um, you know, just, I loved how in the directing that he would cut to things like you would see Julianne Moore's lighter, you know, Mm -hmm. just kind of in the frame. And you would see the inhaler in the frame or things like that. Like you would catch on to them. And especially when you watch it a second time Mm -hmm. and know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. Like that didn't seem like cheap tricks to me. Right. Now, I will say that there is no freaking way in this world that Ernie Hudson would be allowed to play Solomon. No, no. And there would be no way that they would let the character of Peyton call him the name that she did. No, no, I cannot. I couldn't because you had sent me that. It was right before I was going to be watching it. Mm -hmm. And you sent me that and immediately like, Odell, seriously, I think I must have watched this movie 50 times back when it came out Mm -hmm. because you sent it to me. I was like, oh my God, I remember that outfit. I remember her slapping him. I remember like the tears coming down. I thought he was so good in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
He was great. The tears coming down his face when she was done. The things she was saying to him and how freaking creepy she was mm-hmm. and dark and dangerous. Yep. That she was saying it to him. Yeah. Yeah, I just it, that it really caught me off guard because I haven't seen I hadn't seen this movie <laughs> since college. Yeah. So I watched it again for the first time, probably in, you know, a good what that was 94. So almost 20 years since yeah. I'd last seen it. So 30. Oh God. Yeah, 30 years. 30 years. Shit. Yeah, so I it's know, been a while. Horrifying? It's been a while. Uh I feel like it's held up. I really do. I love, I mean, aside from some, you know, like inappropriate, insensitive things that were said and stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like I loved the cast. Yeah, it was great. I feel like this oh, and paved I probably the way. should say, I'm sorry, I didn't even say who was in it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Let me go and say that. Okay. So this movie, oh, well, and I also was going to say at the same time this was released, another movie that came out that day was Cuffs. Do you remember that? K-U-F-F-S. No. It was Christian Slater, Mila Jovovich, and Tony Goldwyn. I've never heard of this movie. No. Obviously overshadowed by Hand That Rocks the Cradle. But we have Rebecca De Mornay, who is mostly known for Risky Business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annabella Shora, which I had to look up how to say because I would always say Skiora. I did too. <laughs> okay. Shora, um, who was in Jungle Fever. Back then, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Matt McCoy, who played the husband, Michael, mm-hmm. he's had like such random parts in Jack Ryan, Seinfeld, Silicon Valley, like and just he random was big bit back parts. then, but from Police Academy because he took over. Because when <gasps> in that franchise, Steve Gutenberg left and he kind of took over as one of the right. oddball cops, the main oddball. That's right. Police Academy. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, Ernie Hudson played Solomon, and mm-hmm. we knew him from Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and will forever love that man. Julianne Moore. This was like her first big thing. Yes. And she's her known from everything. Horrible. <laughs> oh, it was so early 90s. It was, I remember yeah. back in 92 thinking she was so sleek. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is so embarrassing now. But and her in that black dress, just beautiful. I was mm-hmm. obsessed with her back then. Yeah. But of course, she's been in Boogie Nights. And Magnolia and uh, The Kids Are All Right, mm-hmm. which is an amazing movie. I think my favorite movie of hers is The End of the Affair with Ray Fiennes. And I never saw that movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hmm. And then we have, it introduced a young Madeline Zima who played Emma. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I remember even back then that drove me crazy about this girl is the way she would say Peyton's name. Peyton, <laughs> is how she would say it. Drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. You know what else drove me nuts? Mm. Was how Claire would inhale on her inhaler. Yeah, because I had asthma growing up, and yeah. you don't get the medication administered if you don't close your lips around the exactly. inhaler. And she just like spraying it in her mouth like it was some banaca <gasps> or something. <laughs> yes, yes. It drove me crazy because my youngest, my own little Peyton, has asthma. Mm-hmm. Like we learned how to properly administer it. Uh, yeah, that drove me crazy. However, back then, I assumed that's how it was. Right. I didn't have asthma. I had no idea. Yeah, for as the way she portrayed it, like she was really could not breathe. And I could I could feel it because I, I had just childhood asthma. So it's, it's yeah. gone now. 
But when she was struggling to breathe, I could still feel it in my chest, like how horrible it is. I'm like, girl, wrap your lips around that shit and suck. (laughs) Yes. You're not going to get where, like, we've seen Madeline, you know, Julia Moore go into the greenhouse Mm -hmm. and get killed by some glass falling on her, whatever. But then Claire, when she has that asthma attack and is like on the ground and And barely breathing, purposefully emptied all of her inhalers one of those damn and the whole time did you realize that throughout the entire movie they keep singing it's all gilbert and sullivan Mm -hmm. stuff yeah the whole thing is pirates of penzance yep it's so creepy so so creepy and even at the end this music that's playing is this beautiful string version of poor wandering one Mm -hmm. what's funny is this is the second movie and what this is a fourth one we've done and it's the second one that's had something related to pirates of penzance because in little darlings christy mcnichol well yeah but in little darlings there was at the camp one of the houses because they had the little musical review they were doing Mm -hmm. that climbing over rocky mountains the, the song that the sisters sing in Pirates of Penzance. In one Did of we scenes. even talk? I don't think I even realized that. Yeah. Yep. I just thought of Christy McNichol because she's in your favorite movie, The Pirate, the Pirate movie, movie, which yeah. is based on right. whatever. Right. Oh my God. When are we watching that one? Hopefully Gotta soon. Get Do my mental push-ups. Well, the I did read about Madeline Zima, who played Emma. I read that she has, like, she's had roles in Hacks. You, Perry Mason. Like, she actually does a lot of little... Okay, I've, I've watched Hacks. I've never watched Perry Mason or what was the other one? Good Girls or You? I haven't watched You. I don't think I watched you Good Girls You and Perry Mason either. are very good. I haven't watched Good Girls. Um, but she's she's done all right for herself. Mm-hmm. And then it was directed by Curtis Hansen, who also directed L.A. Confidential, which was a huge movie, and 8 Mile. Okay. And it was written by Amanda Silver, who wrote uh, Jurassic World. Okay. And the live-action Mulan. Okay. I mean, so obviously they've had long careers, Mm -hmm. you know, that is now 30 years later. So I do want to say some people, like, since I just told you the cast, here are some other people that were considered. Kevin Spacey. For the husband, right? I think I remember reading that. Yeah. And Christopher McDonald. Now, I think that Matt McQuay was perfectly Why am I thinking of Christopher? Okay. Not Christopher Mc, Christopher McDonald. Is that also a singer? You're th- you're thinking Michael Michael McDonald. McDonald yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, why was he trying to get into film? <laughs> that would have been incredible had he been considered. Like, I would really like to see that version. Actually, <laughs> Sybil Shepherd was considered for Peyton. Oh, uh, but she said that. I mean, she is a staunch feminist. Mm-hmm. Said this does not represent women very well. I am mm-hmm. not doing it. Mm-hmm. So. That was where she was. Uh, And then in an earlier version of the screenplay, Madeline did not get killed in the greenhouse. It was actually Emma who went in the greenhouse but didn't get killed. Right. And then Madeline, (laughs) Peyton rigged something so that her car would explode when she lit a cigarette. See, I think that's what would have happened if this had been on Lifetime. Oh, absolutely. That absolutely. I feel like this movie paved the way for Lifetime movies, mystery movies, or whatever that channel is now. I don't feel like Lifetime would have the success that it has now without this without this movie because we don't see these types of movies in the theater now. And when they are in the theater, they're stupid. Like the really 
The last one that I remember about like someone going crazy was with Beyonce and I was about to say that Beyonce one or whatever from Final Destination and Heroes. Allie Larder. Yes. That was the last one I really remember. Yeah. And I never Um, watched it. I just remember hearing it was horrible, but yeah, these are always on. It just looked like a play. Now we do see some where it's kind of a, role reversal like one movie i love that's very much like stalkerish but by a guy is uh the gift with jason bateman and i think rebecca i haven't seen that yeah it was really good it kind of flipped it on its head it was really good yeah but yeah we don't see many where it's kind of 90s and early 2000s was when i mean i think the last one i remember seeing in the theater was swim fan and oh, I think I saw that right. with you. Oh, God, we did. <laughs> I totally forgot. Who was that girl? Erica Christensen. Erica Christensen. And then, wasn't it Penn Badgley? It was no, Penn Badgley. No, the dude looked like Penn. He looked like him. I don't think it was him. I'm almost positive it was Penn Badgley. Of course, I'm looking this up right now. Jesse Bradford. It was the, what, the lawnmower guy from, no, who was Jesse Bradford? <laughs> No, the lawnmower guy from Desperate Housewives was Jesse somebody else. Yes. Oh, Jesse Bradford was in Bring It On. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Uh, this movie was filmed like, I mean, I'm sure you recognized some things. It was filmed in Washington. Oh, Bice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was Seattle. in Isakwa. Is that right? Isakwa. I-S-S-A-Q-U-A-H. And Seattle and Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And in case anyone is wondering, the title comes from a poem by William Ross Wallace back in the 18th century. Yeah, the hand that rocks the cradle is the, the hand that rules the world. And the rules the world. Yeah. Basically, it was a, an ode to mothers that we kind of determine the future of the world because of how we raise the children. Got it. Yeah. How about we uh, take a quick break and we'll come back and Sounds good. talk some more. All right. So one of the things I was thinking of that we should talk about is a little talk about the therapy that is needed. <laughs> a lot. For, I mean, all the characters in this movie. Now, with all of our awareness with mental health and everything, mm-hmm. a woman going through, I mean, I had more sympathy for Peyton this time. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, she, you know, has obviously has an asshole for a husband. Mm-hmm. He kills himself while she's pregnant. And he kills himself because he was guilty of assaulting other pregnant women. Mm-hmm. She yeah. loses Claire everything. Claire was just the one who came yeah. forward first. Here's my question, though. Do they, my first thing that I wrote down was, do they do breast exams during pregnancy? They do. Never been pregnant, so. No, they do not do breast exams during pregnancy. They will, um, if it's your first time going to a doctor and and a well woman exam, Mm -hmm. that is when they check the breasts. Now, I have a wonderful OBGYN who I go to. I kind of wish she would feel them a little longer. She doesn't. It's fine. <laughs> right. It's fine. Well, I mean, but she it is pregnant. a quick <laughs> exam. Like, yeah, 
my gyno certainly doesn't have a conversation with me, like a full on conversation with me as she's examining my breasts. And it's not a like he would hold and squeeze. Mm -hmm. It is not that. It's like little fingers going everywhere to feel for any bumps. And then you move on to the next one. Right. So So that's my my question was, I don't think they've ever done that during pregnancy. I don't see why they would. So why did she agree to that? Like, she didn't question it at all. He's like, let's just do a breast exam. So she's like, okay. She lays back and she's like, oh, you know, here we go. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if in the early 90s, it was a little different. Because remember in the, I think the early 2000s, when I had my first like vagina exam, I mean, the woman said she had to go through my butt to feel the tip of my, (laughs) the tip of my whatever, you know, my vage. I don't know, or the tip of my cervix or something. Okay. Come to find out later, she didn't have to go on my butt. (laughs) I think I was assaulted. I don't know. But I do know that when, like, in my situation, I was going to someone for the first time. But in this situation, I mean, he did say, well, I like to give my first, like, first time patients, like, a full workup or something. I can't remember how he put it, but it was so gross. She was so far, like, she was at least three or she was in her second trimester, right? Yes, for sure. So I feel like, I don't know, I may, maybe just back then women didn't think of like, okay, I can question this, but I feel like today. You would never would get away with better. it. Yeah. No, yeah. you would never, you could get away. So I mean, I can totally see how he got away with slipping off that glove mm-hmm. 100% because I'm not, I mean, you're just laying back. You're not thinking anything, you know, schmitty. That's what I call mine. She could have. I mean, I'm completely numb down there. Y'all, come on now. There's like a baby pushing on it. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Right, right. But no, with this one, like he said that at the beginning about it being a, it was just, it was so creepy. It was weird. So So she needs therapy for that. Absolutely. For the assault. And then after this whole, I mean, there was that whole section where they think Solomon has been like touching the daughter. Why wasn't he arrested? He was just Mm -hmm. like sent on back to better days or whatever, the mental health place. Yeah. There was absolutely no repercussion for that. No. So thinking that your daughter is going through that and Peyton played that so well about forming that like secret club, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is, I mean, that is why like I'll have students that'll be like, can I tell you a secret? And I always go, nope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely not and then if they are like oh i want to do it but just a secret i'll be like no i'm gonna call your mom right now i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna let her know because right. i don't want there to be any of that shit right no you or don't that you do were that like giving them the go ahead or telling them it's a great idea or something and then it yes. comes back to you yes yeah. unbelievable so she's gonna need therapy for obviously the assault and then Finding her best friend in the greenhouse. Dead. Mm-hmm. Facing death herself. Having to be on, was she like on a ventilator? Yeah. And conscious? Mm-hmm. Do they normally do that? I don't think so. Okay. And the other thing I thought about is they never would have said her name and photo. No, in the news. That's the another news thing. I was ever. like, I don't think that's legal. No. And maybe it was back then. Maybe privacy laws were a little different. I don't know. But that never would have happened. It was like that. um, There was a rape case that 
I swear it felt like it came right out of the what was that movie with the the accused mm-hmm. where um they didn't allow cameras inside the courtroom, but it was the first televised trial. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let cam- or rape trial. They wouldn't let cameras um, record the victim. They wouldn't let them show her. Mm-hmm. So they just had audio, but then she had to state her full name and address. Oh my God. And they hadn't thought about that. And this was going out live. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that's what I Shit. thought of when I saw her picture. I was like, Oh no, no, no. I don't think you can. Can't do mm-hmm. that. So Claire's definitely going to need that therapy. Peyton yes. should have had therapy uh, through all of. I mean, I don't know. There, there wasn't really um, an indication of how much time passed between her, her getting assaulted, Claire getting assaulted, and him killing himself. Right. You know. So I have no idea. Yeah. It was, and how long it was between when she miscarried and his death, and then when she went to apply for the job. Yeah, because I think the baby, well, I remember when she took the baby out for a stroll in the park, she said the baby was three months. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I was very confused on time. I was thinking that maybe they were kind of exactly the same pregnancy at the same mm-hmm. time. But yeah, I wasn't sure about that. But Peyton clearly needed help. Yeah. And I was surprised. I don't, I mean, I don't know what they would do, but you have a woman whose husband killed himself. You just lost your baby. You don't have other family. I guess the hospital isn't thinking of that. They're thinking we need this bed because we have other patients here. Right. But I feel like there would be some sort of caseworker or something at the hospital that would then check on her. You would think so. Yeah. And then she was also going to be left like destitute. Mm-hmm. She had all of his assets were frozen. All of his like everything that he had was basically taken. Right. Which I didn't 100% understand that either. But I guess it's because I'm sure that like in a lot of insurance clauses, if it's suicide, then you don't get anything or something well, to that effect. More than likely because of the lawsuit that was ensuing because of these accusations that there would be payments made to the victims. And so they had to make sure that she didn't go spend it all. Right. That is a curious thing. Like when the defendant's not going to be there to defend himself. Right. Yeah. Look at us going back to our true crime. I know. (laughs) I can't help it. And then (laughs) we talk about the amount of issues that little Emma is going to face. Mm-hmm. As she gets older. Girl. I feel like she would be in a group session with the little girl from Fatal Attraction who had her bunny boiled. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. These are two little girls that if there was a game of who has it worse, like they would win. Yeah. They're going to win no matter what you've been through in your child. They're going to win. Yeah. I mean, this was so <laughs> that little girl was so sweet and cute. Except how she said Peyton. But the amount of therapy that she would need after this. And then what happens with the baby who has been brought up like in these formative months mm-hmm. when you're creating that bond? Because, I mean, I can tell you as a mom, like, I didn't see Emma for the first 
24, 36 hours after giving birth mm-hmm. because my I had such a high fever and I'd lost so much blood. Mm-hmm. That just those 36 hours makes a huge difference in the next few months trying to bond. It's just, mm-hmm. it does. So in yeah. this situation, my God, he was yeah, like being was... breastfed and attached to another woman for months. Yeah. And she would like go not only breastfeeding him, but spending so much time with him one-on-one yes. while everyone else was sleeping. Yes. And then, you know, during the day she wasn't, he was with her. So. I mean, and that like, I'm sorry. I don't understand the necessity for the nanny. Yeah. <laughs> when you, she doesn't work, right? No, and it was so that she could put in this greenhouse, but she had all those men there helping her build yeah, the greenhouse. Well, like, what so. are you, are you getting up there putting in the glass now? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I saw her move some rocks and then she was basically just out there telling people what to do. So why did, that's where I'm like, why did the nanny even live with you guys? Right. During the day, sure. Hey, can you come by three times a week so I can have a break and work on this project? Sure. Mm-hmm. You're not spending the night walking around right. in your white nighty that like is completely sheer than walking out in the rain where it's getting all wet and no, bish. Yeah. Then it's a de- Did you notice that when she dropped the ice cubes and what's his name walks in on her? Yes. She's picking the ice cubes up and she then she puts them back in the freezer. Off the floor. <laughs> she's picking them off the floor. <laughs> I was like, yes. ew. And he didn't say anything. Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, where is the look of mortification on your face, Peyton, that you were just caught putting in ice cubes? (laughs) That's where I thought we were at. But no. (laughs) And then he's looking at her with his eyes like all, oh, you're so dreamy. Girl, she's just trying to kill you guys with some bacteria, (laughs) some germs. Yeah, I did notice that. That cracked me up. Absolutely cracked me up. Okay, so I also yeah, love the the punch in the face when Claire <laughs> punched her <laughs> threw her she, across the damn room. Right, but then there was no blood. <laughs> I'm like, that punch was hard enough to throw her across the table. There should be but blood there was streaming. No blood, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you get a nose injury, it is streaming, mm-hmm. and she kept like wiping underneath it. And I'm like, girl, there's nothing there. No, I mean, great acting, but yes. makeup. Can we get? Makeup here on set, please, to yes. give you something to wipe away. Because you should have a bloody, completely bloody face. Yeah. yeah, that punch cracked me up. I've never thrown a punch, but I'd like to believe that that's what mine would look like. That <laughs> <laughs> anyone I hit would go sailing. Table. That would be amazing. <laughs> she went on that table and over. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And she, you can see her jumping. <laughs> right. <laughs> because they do it from the front where Claire's punch or throws the punch. And then the camera pans behind her and you can just see her jump over onto the table. Yes. <laughs> Great acrobatics. <laughs> My God, I love it. And then she lands on the wooden stake at the end. Yes. Which part of me was waiting to see if when they looked over, if she would like be gone. <laughs> like Michael Myers. <laughs> like it would be a Michael Myers thing. That's what I was kind of hoping for. But that's all right. That's all right. The house was beautiful. It I was. guess you make a lot yeah. as a genetic engineer. Or whatever that, Michael was. The, he gives the address of the house at one point yes. when he calls the cops. That's the actual address of the house. It's like 818 Yakima or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that, that that was the house, the actual house. And then the one that the Mots lived in, 
the real like nice modern mm-hmm. one or whatever. That was Ted Danson's house in Made in America, I think was the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that was think. his that house. That was with him and Whoopi Goldberg, right? I think so, yeah. 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 It's but so something funny. Else I it's just be, all huh. Would be fun is if for these we do a first line, last line. So it was the first line of the movie and the last line of the movie. Oh, that's a great idea. So for this one, it uh-huh. was the first thing we actually hear from one of the characters is the dad seeing, I am the captain of the pinafore. Oh, yes. Another but Gilbert Claire, and Sullivan. That wasn't lyrics from a song was, it's almost ready, you guys. But then the last line of the movie was, oh, boy. Oh, it's Solomon. When they're leaving the attic. Being allowed to take, like, the, how take the baby How random down. that. The oh boy is the last that word ended last the script. Yeah, of of this crazy like she just died. All of you are still alive, barely escaped with your lives, and the last line of the movie is oh boy. Oh boy. That's really funny. <laughs> I need to start paying attention to that and including that. Ugh, incredible. Right. What else you got? Uh that's all I've got. Depending on time, I was gonna do a little walk in their shoes. What would you do? What would I do in whose shoes? Like, let's put you in Peyton's shoes. Let's put you in Peyton's shoes. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Let me get specific because I want to go ahead and get you in the house. I don't want you to avoid that. I yeah, want you I'm set like, on I, revenge. I, first, I would not be in the house. That's I know. Exactly. Thing. No, I'm getting you in the house. Okay. What would you No, I'm going to put you in Michael's. You walk okay. in and Peyton's picking up the ice cubes from the floor. What do you say? What the hell are you doing? Because I would not even back then, I probably would have been married. Right. But in the closet. Right. So she would have been trying to like flash her titties through her see through nightgown. And I would have been like, bitch. And I would have mm-hmm. walked up. I would have taken the ice cubes out and I would have looked her right in the eye the entire time I did it. Took that ice cube tray out of the freezer, dumped it in the fridge, put it back in the freezer, and said, you nasty. I then went back to bed. <laughs> you nasty. That is fantastic. That is an excellent one. Okay, let's say you were in Claire's shoes and you came. Let me think. Hold on. You came home. Mm-hmm. And when you found Julianne Moore, you would do the exact same thing. You would go to call 911. Like she did everything mm-hmm. right in that one. Yeah. That's one thing with this movie. I feel like everyone did everything right. Yeah, except for hiring her. But then. Except for the hiring. Yeah. I would have been like, you, yeah, I'm going to need those recommendations from you. Right, right. Or those referrals for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that Solomon just like saw through Peyton from the start. Mm hmm. Okay, so really the only thing we would change as far as walking in people's shoes is not allowing that fucking ice tray to go back in the freezer. <laughs> right, I mean, if we learned anything, don't pick the ice up and put it back in the freezer. Don't do that, and maybe don't hire a woman who just, like, walked in front of a bus. <laughs> right, to stop it for you. To stop it for you. It's a little psychotic. Yeah. And it has mom jeans that the waist goes up to beneath our tits. <laughs> oh my gosh. For reals. My Z Cavariccis did go up really high. Yeah. Z calves, they did that. Mm, love them. All right. So, is it time for trivia? Time for trivia. I went straight up 90s with this. All right. Obviously, because we're in the 90s. Now. Let me get the, the timer. Yes. Timer. Okay. 
These I think are really good. Okay. All right. What is the name of the group responsible for Macarena? The group responsible? Who put it out there? Mexicans. I don't know. Um, that would be Los Del Rio. Okay. That was the group. I told you about how yep. my mom called it the Macanara. <laughs> Aaron, I, I just learned the best dance. It is called the Macanara. And then she did it. And I was like, I can't with any of this. Right <laughs> Funny. All right. Next question. You should have gotten that. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I don't think I ever knew their name. <laughs> All right. Who is Russia's first elected president? This happened in the 90s. Wasn't Putin. I can't think of his name. I don't know. Boris Yeltsin. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's try this again. Very right. disappointed so far. Macaulay Culkin was paid $1 million, the first child star ever to do so. For what film? Is a good son? No. Home Alone? No. How Home many chances do I? No. <laughs> it was for my girl. Oh, God. I forgot he was in that. Okay. Oh, he was the little one with allergies. All right. Man, you are really losing at this one. Here's the next question What was the most watched TV episode of the 1990s as a whole? The friends? No. I don't know. Because that was later. It was Cheers. Finale of Cheers. Oh, that was in the 90s? 1993. Yeah, see, I never watched Cheers. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All of these I could have answered. (laughs) But this was my (laughs) stuff. I forget that we had very different experiences growing up. Okay, last question. All right. You should ah, you should have gotten all of these, but here's one. I Okay. What band is featured on Beavis's shirt? Metallica. Very good. Thank you. Okay, you got one. <laughs> we have to let it go. Oh, that's right. I, I almost said ACDC, but that was butthead. Yes, I would have gotten. I'm I'm amazed that you knew that, that you knew the difference between them. I did watch Beavis and Butthead a lot. Did you? Yes, I love them. Okay. All right. Uh, So next week, it's my personal pick. Yes. Mystic Pizza. I'm very excited to watch this one again. Right now. And then two weeks from now, it's Aaron's personal pick, which is... Well, since we actually, oh God, this is so perfect because you have not seen it. I haven't. Well, no, I can pick episodes too, right? Oh, well, you said you, we, last time you said we were going to do Madonna Truth or Dare, so. Oh, that's right. I did. I'm so sorry because a new one just came into my head. Okay. Yes. Madonna Truth or Dare. Because I have not yes. seen that in ages and I just read an update about Madonna's hairstylist in it. so that reminded me of it and i was like oh i've got to watch that again because there was one part of it made me super uncomfortable now that i think about it okay yeah i was used to be obsessed with that one. Oh my gosh and then so yeah mystic pizza then truth or dare and then starting 
we won't be picking outright. We're going to let the wheel pick every week. It's just that Aaron and I will have a list of 15 movies that we have picked of our own. So it's like we're still picking it, but we're also letting the wheel do it because I like the excitement of the wheel. It's like making your Amazon wish list and people picking from that for your birthday. You know, it's going to be something you want, but you don't know what. Exactly. Very excited. All right. Well, thanks for traveling back to 1992 with us. Next week will be in 1988. So good time. I was still in high school, but barely. Oh, honey, I was in fourth grade. I've got stories. (laughs) Well, y'all have a good week. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers. And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. 